a close watch on this heart of mine. I keep my It's six o'clock. It's Monday. It's time for the joke workshop here on Mutiny Radio, which isn't really a joke workshop anymore. We used to actually workshop each other's jokes and take the time to do that. But then it got so popular that it just became like a regular open mic. But now it's not popular again. And there's just a few people on the list. But that works out in my favor because I got last minute minute booked at Condor. So I got somewhere to be. Uh, so it's a short list. We have, it looks like eight comics on it. So some of them aren't here yet and that's okay. Um, but if it's possible to stay the whole time, we're all going to be out of here before seven. I have grand promises, but if everyone's willing to stay, that makes it so much nicer for people, even though some people will probably saunter in at the last minute, but you know, cause we're, we're each other's audience today. Um, starting after the festival, this won't be joke workshop anymore. I'm actually going to try to teach a class, like an actual class with people that, uh, it'll be three to $500 sliding scale. It's a six week class. There'll be two hours in a workshop setting and the deliverables are at the end. You'll have a hot three and a hot five that will be memorized. You'll have a show and you'll be able to tape it. And a lot of people don't know that I used to. I mean, I used to own a theater company and I was a ballerina for 23 years, whatever. I have a, like a large and sundry background before I got my two MFA, before my MFA in poetry and my MA in fiction and before my two books were published. All of that, I did all that stuff and then I started stand-up comedy. And because I'm an old woman, I've done all that with my life. But I'm still a loser in stand-up comedy and it's so funny because I'm like, has anyone read my second novel? Uh, it's out there. Anyway. Uh, my point is that if anyone's going to teach you about writing and stage craft, it's probably me because I, I used to like live and breathe theater. Seriously, not kidding. And I do think that a lot of stand-up comics, what's lacking in their performance is performance. <laughs> right? I mean, it's, I, I'm just saying. And like also coming from a theatrical point of view of memorizing your script and not having notes on stage and thinking about costuming and how you're presenting yourself. There's all kinds of things I can teach you that I don't actually use myself because, okay, anyway. Uh, we're going to do a joke workshop. It's going to be really fun. But if you want to take the classes, check out the website. It'll eventually be up how to take the classes and, you know. All right. Oh, and since we're waiting for Mark anyway. Uh, get your tickets for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. If you get a festival pass and you use the promo code FRIEND, it's only $75 for the entire pass, and that gets you access to 44 shows, workshops, classes, and more. You even get a t-shirt. And that's for 75 bucks. If you don't buy the festival pass, then you don't get to go to the workshops, which would be so cool. And honestly, if you're a new comedian, it's totally worth it just to go to the workshops during the day. There's a ton of them. I'm staring at them right now on the internet. And there's like 10. Two are being taught by Tony Sparks. That's pretty exciting. Um, Lauren's doing one. I'm doing one. Mark's doing one. Uh, it's going to be great. Anyway, uh, you know, Support Mutiny Radio. Thanks for being here. Mark! Is he still smoking? Mark! Here, we'll put up Johnny Cash. And, uh, because he was saying early, earlier when we were, we were cleaning up, because there was, um, we have some friends that have joined us in the studio, uh, that are four-legged and have tiny opposable thumbs. Uh, and they sort of took over. So today we cleaned out a bunch of shit and which is why there's a bunch of stuff on the street and mark was like oh look the complete thing of johnny cash and, and it only has two good songs in it and it's covered in ratchet so yay okay 
But hopefully they're going to vacate now that they're, now that there's nothing for them to want. <laughs> Except the bag of sugar. But it's up really high, so I don't want to take the AA meeting's fucking sugar. You know what I mean? Okay. We're going to put up some music and then Mark Neuer's going to come oh, in. Right here. Oh, here he goes. Your first comedian of the night. Clap your hands together, everybody, for Mark Neuer. I still miss someone. Oh, I never got over the Oh, my goodness. Did the first comic die already? I wanted to go second. Um, that's okay. Uh, let's, let's see. I got this thing I'm working on. I don't know if you can tell, um, but I'm a fat fuck. And uh, thank you. Yes, I am a fat fuck, and I know I'm a fat fuck and for so many, so many like a plethora of reasons. I know, like I in my soul, you know. I, mean, I haven't looked, I haven't looked in the mirror, been on a scale lately, but I know, I know I'm a fat fuck. Yeah, today uh, I ate two entire bags of salami, and uh, like the entire bags of salami. I was just fist fucking bags of salami, and then fist fucking my face with salami. And I was sweating profusely, you know what I mean? Just walking around talking Italian, just, oh, you know, just uh, eating the gabagool. I've never felt like more like Tony Soprano in my whole fucking life than I did today. Yeah, I'm a fat, and I, you know, I'm a fat fuck. And, and you know, and I, you know, I'm a fat fuck, and I know because I get absolutely stoked with the new flavors of Tums. I mean, jazzed. I got a pack in my pocket right now. They're just the regular Schmegler peppermints, but they're amazing. I don't fuck mints. What's the what's the point of a mint? A mint does nothing for you. A peppermint, tum. On the other hand, whoa. It allows you to drink whiskey and eat pizza for breakfast. It does. <laughs> it does exactly what it needs to try it, Lauren Kraut. I tell you, it's it's the only way that I'm keeping this physique alive. Okay. <laughs> I uh, it's it's all because of tums. I love tums a lot. I, I did you know the new chewable watermelon tums were coming out? You didn't know that? Do you know who did know that? <laughs> Look at me. Yeah, baby. I did. I found out I found out because I'm on the email list, okay? I got the, the coupons, all right? I'm subscribed, okay? When I found out the new watermelon tums were coming out, I went straight to the nearest Walgreens on Market and 7th for three days in advance with a tent and a hot plate, just blending in, okay? How you doing? You all right? Hey, all right. I don't want no problems, all right? Take a seat and relax. I, uh, where the fuck was I? No, I was on 7th and Market with this, the tent and a hot plate just blending in, waiting for the new Tums to release. Um, just, just hanging out, all right? Have you not been to 7th and Market? There's a million tents and a million hot plates. I was the only one waiting in line, okay? And I was going to get it. i tell you that. Uh, I, saw, I saw a meme today that said, live your life like if it was a book, Florida would ban it. Uh, Florida doesn't read, stupid. I don't either, so <laughs> I am Florida, okay? I'm Florida with a white t-shirt on right now. Um, let's see, I got another new one. <sighs> Trying these new fucking jokes, and I hate new jokes because it requires me to look at my phone. And I only like to look at my phone if I'm jerking off, and unfortunately I'm not jerking off right now, and I would much rather be jerking off. Uh, it's a cool thing because you get to tell all your friends that you saw me live uh, perform live six months before I killed myself, and that's really cool for you. Um, I do it. I know I do it for you. I don't have to, but I'm choosing to. Um, <laughs> I uh, I there's this new streaming service called Tubi. It's gotten really popular lately uh, amongst all of my broke friends. I don't know what it is. <laughs> like it's like the brokest newest thing. 
in the world. Like ev- everyone that has no money is like, Tubi's amazing. It's like, get Netflix, bitch. Be an adult, get a job. And uh, they tell they tell me like, Mark, you need to put out your you need to put out your comedy special on Tubi with these Tubi ass ideas. Like, what are you talking about, dude? I just put it out at Goodwill, do the same numbers, okay? Good. That's another new joke. Um, let's see one last new joke before I fucking blow my brains out up here. Let's see. Oh, dude, I was walking down the street, and uh, as as I'm a I'm a broke comedian. I I don't always have a lot of money on me, but I smoke cigarettes like they're going out of fucking style. And uh, I don't always have cigarettes on me. So I'll walk down the street, you know, get my daily exercise and walk down the street and ask for people for cigarettes. And I'm bumming smokes, you know, and I kept running this like stint of like not getting a cigarette out of people. Like, hey, do you got a, you know, a spare smoke? Can I bum a smoke? And, I, and everyone's telling me no. And I know all about sales. I know it's pitch, pace, and attitude. And my pace, I need a cigarette. So my pace is fantastic. I'm moving and grooving. All right. My attitude, I don't know if you can tell my attitude is great. Okay. I have a great fucking attitude. So it must have been the pitch, right? So I, the next guy I saw with the cigarette was like, uh, hey, you got a fucking cigarette? <laughs> then, I, <laughs> then I killed him and I took his whole pack and his shoes. So here we are, dude. Hey, God bless. Thank you. Your share of Mark Neuer, everyone. That's fantastic. Mark Neuer. Uh, James, did you contact me in any way, or you're just here? Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Um, so you're gonna be you're gonna be number nine. I'm just letting you know because I didn't get a message. So, but it's all good. We're all here and and hanging out. And your next comedian is amazing, and she's hosting the entire week at the Punchline. Put your hands together for Lauren Kraut. Yay! Woo! Hello. Oh, hello. Where's this go? Okay. Yay! Yay! Hi! Waving to the radio. I'm an idiot. Okay, I'll tell you a little secret about myself. I have a wicker basket at home, and in it are the names of people and pets I have known and loved who have died. Totally not creepy at all. And when I get the urge, I go in there and I pull out one of the names on the little pink pieces of paper and I conjure that person and I say that name aloud and I say to them, hello dead person that I have loved, what do you want me to know? And yes, my therapist knows I do this and if she doesn't think it's weird, then you shouldn't either. Some, I don't think it's hurting anyone because I mean, maybe some dead souls are inconvenienced because they have something better to do on a Sunday afternoon. I don't know. I don't know if by conjuring them up and saying their name, I'm interfering with their eternity. I don't know that. They may not like it. One person who I know won't like it, a dead person, is my paternal grandmother, Ms. Uh, Rose Kraut, Mrs. Rose Kraut, not to be confused with my great aunt, Miss Rose Kraut, who detested Mrs. Rose Kraut because Mrs. Rose married Miss Rose's brother and no one was good enough for Lawrence. After you, Rose. No, after you, Rose. That was me acting them out. Could you tell the difference if one was grandma, one was aunt? Okay. Grandma Rose, she was a tough old bird, but I don't think she would like me conjuring her up and trying, I think she'd be pissed off because she wasn't playing mahjong or drinking pina coladas or whatever they do in the great beyond you're pissing me off lauren what do you want from me i thought dead was going to be relaxing you're stressing me out here 
What do you want now? All right, that was Grandma. Um, wait, there's more. There's more. Oh, I know. Um, I've got a lot of good advice from dead people, and you may think I'm <laughs> crazy, but my, de my dear departed mother, thank you, GD. My dear departed mother taught me that uh, how to get over a broken heart. She's, it's copious amounts of tears followed by a good Merlot. Thank you, Mom. I feel better already. Okay, thank you. That was tough going through a new joke, but all right. Um, here's one for a, a room full of men. Uh, <laughs> I have small boobs. And, <laughs> and they were made, thank you, they were made even smaller when I lost weight recently. Plus one has a little chunk taken out of it from that a while back, but that's another whole story. But I still, uh, it brings me great joy to remove my bra and release them into the wild at the end of the day. Thank you. And if you can't, if you've never experienced that, room full of men and one woman, I made me pay him on, you probably have experienced this. Um, it is a, a wonder to behold. In fact, you can only compare it to dancing with an angel because it's heavenly. All right. Um, what else is there to that one? God, new jokes are hard. It's hard, it's hard, it's hard to remember to write them and then to remember them and to perform them. All right, um, we'll end on a, 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 no, a known thing. Um, I refuse to believe that I'm the only one counting out squares of toilet paper whenever I visit the bathroom. How many other obsessives here tonight? Okay, we got a couple. What good is a compulsion if you can't take it with you everywhere? That's what I say. And that's as close as I'm getting to a poop joke, so settle down. All right, thank you. One heart, Yay, like ours, Yes. See you this whole week hosting for Eddie Pepitone at the Punchline. Yay. And then all next week with the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. But on Sunday, it's going to be a lot of fun. At the, I'm, I'm going to be there with bells on, um, and fingers crossed. Uh, hey, your next comedian, he's back. He disappeared, but he's back. Put your hands together for GD. And it burns, burns, burns. Happy Monday, everyone. It's good to be back. Uh, I was actually uh, backpacking in uh, Europe. And uh, before you assume that I'm rich, I'm not. I've been saying for one year, so we are all in this together. You're right, absolutely. New jokes are hard, man. You have to remember them. New jokes are hard. Old jokes don't work. What to do? <laughs> uh, my girlfriend, my girlfriend and I are thinking to try a new city. So uh, we are thinking to re, uh, like leave San Francisco. She found a great apartment in Sunnyvale, uh, so I broke up with her. Okay, <laughs> fuck South Bay. Okay, uh, South Bay is only good when there is a Bollywood movie I want to watch, and San Francisco is not showing it in AMC Mission Street, AMC, right? That so we have to <laughs> have to go to fucking Hayward. Take the bar to go to some other planet. The human beings are not existing. The bunch of homeless people and some security guards who come all the way from here to downtown San Francisco to work security. But that's fun, man. Like just your suicidal tendencies are higher in South Bay. 
I went to Amsterdam. I asked a few people what to do in Amsterdam. They said, "Can you have you seen Van Gogh Museum? It's a great museum." So I went to the red light district. <laughs> Three in the morning. I'm in the red light district. Whenever you go to a red light area, there is always one dude getting scolded by the prostitutes. Man, I don't know what they do. <laughs> go, go from here. Go. We are not going to sorry. Go. That was me. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, then after Amsterdam and to Berlin, Berlin, everybody is drinking all the time. I don't know for some reason why they are drinking on the streets, and then they go take a train and they're drinking. They come out of the train, then they're on the streets, they're drinking. It's all allowed there. They are always drinking. They should learn from San Francisco. Ketamine is the thing, dude. Come on. What? Corona? No, that's like teenage shit. Fentanyl. And to Prague. Prague has some weird shit. When you buy a three days pass for the trains and the public transport, it's not enough. You have to put that in some shit, and then it it prints the timestamp. Okay, that shows that, like, that shows that the exact time you bought it, so that you cannot cheat the government. Um, like after six days, like you show the same pass and get through. Here's an idea. Why the fuck don't you print it when I buy it? Why do you want me to take it and put it in another another machine? And then print the timestamp, the fucking 1985 shit. It cost me thousand Czech kronas something because I was caught by the police, motherfucking shit. European people, fuck you. Taller than U.S. people, but not cooler. U.S. people are. Cool. I like it. It's so easy in San Francisco. I was caught without a ticket, and all I had to say is sorry. <laughs> and then they said, "Get, get the fuck out of the bus." I said, "Okay." Fucking Prague people. Prague is good, man. The girls are really polite, man. Just like oh, 110 euros, and they're so polite. <laughs> 110 euros for 60 minutes. Two 250 for lesbian show. I like. Makes you feel like a king. This prostitute doesn't know English. She's from Ukraine, and uh, she's talking to me with the help of Google Translate. So she's saying, she gave me Google Translate. She said, "Read this," and I read it. It said, "Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah." Uh, oh, I said, "Okay, you're enjoying." Okay, cool. <laughs> That was <laughs> okay. AI will fuck us. Please don't use AI, man. Learn English instead. She said, "I want to come to the U.S." I know we already have strip clubs. She said, "No, I want to work in tech." I said, "Oh, you want to be depressed?" No, I want to work in tech. Also, you want to be depressed? Okay. That's all I had for today. But thank you so much and. God bless you. GD, everyone. I feel the same way about foreign men. That's why I want to date one. It'll take them years to hate me because they won't understand what the fuck I'm saying. <laughs> It'll just take a really long time for them to get to know that my personality sucks. Your next comedian is so funny and wonderful. Clap your hands together for Spencer Devine. Fire, the ring of fire, the taste. Of love is sweet. Shut up, JD. <laughs> He's fucked. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> call you, call you BD. Big dick. <laughs> Who here is taking a shower today? Anybody? Woo! 
Notice how the, you daytime bath motherfuckers stayed quiet. Weirdos. Don't take a bath during the sun. Respect yourself. Or I guess don't respect yourself that much to take a bath in the daytime. A little bit of shame. Uh, but have you, if you've taken a shower, have you read the shampoo bottle? And I don't mean read. I mean read. Okay? There's instructions on the bottle just in case showering was too complicated. They laid it out. You know, if, if there wasn't instructions, someone breaks in halfway through. There's a shampoo bottle halfway up my ass. Why did no one tell me how to do this? But thank God there's instructions. It didn't come to that. Step one, wash. Fabulous. I can do that. I can get shampoo in my hair, let the water do its job. I'm pinch hitting in my own hygiene at this point. Fucking awesome. Very little work involved. Step two, rinse. Okay, great. Just get it in, get it out. I understand the process. I'm nailing it. Come at me, rubber duckies. Uh, although this is San Francisco, so you're probably rubber fuckies, okay? Because of the emerging SF kink and BDSM and rubber scene. Get it? Or is that too much of a stretch? Goddamn! Step three. Repeat. Excuse me, Mr. Shampoo Bottle. Repeat. What did I do wrong the first time? What? They're like, oh, we're going to lay it out. We're going to spoon feed him the instructions. But there's no way he got it right the first time. Give him another go. But the thing is, if I'm as dumb as they think I am, it never ends. It never ends. How is it? Wash, rinse, repeat. 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 For fucking ever. Until you're out of shampoo. And that's it. It's a ploy by Big Shampoo to make you use twice the shampoo. If the third step was stop, you could make one bottle of shampoo last forever. You'd never need a new one. Wash, rinse. You've done good enough. I believe in you more than Pantene does. Screw Pantene. And don't even bring conditioner into it. That's not a part of this joke. There it, is it, its own infinite cycle. Uh, people come to me and they're like, Spencer, how are you such a glorious and charming ray of sunshine? And I think the key is you really have to appreciate the little things, okay? To be happy, just appreciate the... Like I was on the bus on the way here and there was a fight that came to blood. There was a tooth. People got involved that weren't supposed to get involved. It was fabulous. <laughs> Okay, and then walking here, I saw a lizard. And it's almost evening time. Equal levels of excitement for me. That little lizard dude just doing his little lizard dude thing. Okay, winning the lottery. 
finding a shirt on the floor that's not dirty already. Same level. The birth of my first child. One onion ring in my french fries. Same level. Just appreciate the little things. My name is Spencer Devine. Thank you, Pam Benjamin. Uh, get your Mutiny Radio uh, Festival passes. Woo! Absolutely get your passes because then you're allowed to come to his uh, special open improv class here on Monday. Um, next Monday, so at 6 o'clock, it's going to be a special joke workshop for people in the festival. And if you got a festival pass, you can be involved. And then at 7 o'clock, same thing. It's um, improv with um, Spencer, and it's going to be incredibly fun. And another way, if you're a festival participant, you absolutely welcome to join. But if you want to be a festival participant, just buy a pass, and then you get to go to all the shows. It's going to be amazing. Your next comic is also featured on those shows. Clap your hands together for Mark Palchik. Oh, but the fire went wild. I fell into a burning ring of fire. I went... Get your festival passes and come. Thank you, Pam. I'm 73. <laughs> and at my age, I often have no idea what David is. This morning, I got up and I got dressed for church. Getting dressed for church on Monday morning is so stupid. I don't go to church on Monday morning. I'm Jewish. At 73, I have got a long life ahead of me. I got plans. I got goals. I want to ride my bike from one coast to the other. I want to see my grandchildren graduate from college. And if I'm really, really lucky, I want to eventually get paid to host at funerals. But my friends, they're planning for stupid shit. They're planning on dying. They're cleaning out the family home, they're buying single floor condos, and they're buying funeral plots in, of all places, Ohio. Why? So the kids won't be bothered. So the kids won't be bothered. Fuck the kids! You don't think I wasn't bothered going to every swim meet and track meet and praying to the Lord on high? Please, please, don't make the finals. And I'm still sacrificing for him today. I even let him use my password for Pornhub Pro. <laughs> oh, you didn't know there was a Pornhub Pro, did you? Well, that's the kind of dad I am. And there is no way I'm buying a cemetery plot in some podunk town in Ohio. I believe that my spirit will exist as long as people remember me. And if I'm buried in Ohio, no one's going to visit, no one's going to remember me. That's why we need destination funerals. That's right. Disney needs to step up and start offering destination funerals coupled with timeshares. Imagine a Disney graveland located in Orlando between the parks and DeSantis' prison. It's where the woke will go to die and be buried. I want a classic Disney funeral with a crystal casket, with a pumpkin hearse. And for my pallbearers, I want the seven dwarfs singing, I ho, I ho, it's off to bury Mark we go. And then every year on the anniversary of my death, all of my descendants will get a free week at the park. We'll give the kids all mouse ears. They'll be paraded past my grave with its Disney castle headstone by an iconic Disney character like Goofy, 
<laughs> Hiya, kids. Welcome back to Grandpa's Playland. Let's sing. Grandpa, Grandpa, Gramp Diggity Dog. He ain't breathing, that's why we're grieving. His heart stopped a beating, that's why <laughs> he's gone. I hate the fact that just because I'm over 70, people think that I'm old. Then on the BART, pregnant women give me their seat. And that my only pickup line is help. I fall and I can't get it up. Look, personally, I don't think you're old unless your side piece is your night nurse and your spouse appreciates the help. And I'm not old. I walk my dog every day, twice a day, for two hours. It should only be an hour and a half, but you know that dog stops every 10 minutes so I can pee. Buy your pass. Come to the fest and come. Yay, Mark Palchuk. He's 73, still alive. Yay. Look, and he can walk up and down stairs. Woo! It's okay. We have liability insurance. Your next comedian. So glad that he's here. Another person who's in the festival. There's, um, there's flyers up at the front, um, lovely posters that we printed today, uh, if you want to take any. Put your hands together for Luke Moore. Yay! Um, not having a good day. Been feeling kind of down. I thought about calling my ex-girlfriend a bitch. <laughs> thought about calling her a bitch. And then I did. By myself. In my room. Under my covers. You're a bitch. Um, no, you know. You know when you're like, you're so hungry, you're angry. What's that called? Hangry. Yeah. You know, today I'm feeling horngry. Yeah, that's my thing. Horngry. Uh, also known as poor mental health. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, I, I do miss my ex-girlfriend. I miss how we were when we first started dating. We were like this. You know, like I was always fingering her all the time. You know, like first date, second date, third date, fourth date, fifth date. You know. You know. Anyways, yeah, I've been trying to do some adulting lately. Hashtag adulting. That's what I call having sex with adults. Now, it's true what they say. Blondes have more fun. But now albinos? Now, they're having a fucking blast over there. Because they're even more blonde. You know? Yeah. Anywho. Um, yeah, dating's weird. You know, like, I've been... I've been reading up on some Freud. It's weird what people are like attracted to, you know. So I've been reading some Freud. If y'all know, if y'all don't know Sigmund Freud, he's the one who came up with kill one, fuck one, marry one. And his answer was yo mama, yo daddy, yo ball headed granny. That's just his theory though. Um, no, yeah, like uh, I remember last year Pete Davidson was dating Kim Kardashian. That was like an intriguing celebrity relationship, and I think I I think I just figured out why that that was an intriguing relationship, because, you know, how did before Pete Davidson had got SNL, what kind of like made him famous? Like his dad died in 9/11, right? That's kind of like his thing, and then Kim Kardashian before she, she did Ray J, um, she you know her dad 
was it was a lawyer in the OJ Simpson trial. So basically, Pete plus Kim equals nine eleven plus OJ Simpson trial. And I think that's why it kind of turns me on, actually, you know. I like the most American relationship. Yeah. America's weird though. America's like it's weird, you know, like the founding fathers, the the rules they made for America was just weird from the get go. They were like, rule number one for America, you can say whatever you want. Rule number two for America, everybody gets a gun. <laughs> and then, you know what? Rule number three is the weirdest one. Rule number three is literally, okay, so if a soldier comes to your house and they're like, hey, can we spend the night? You can be like, no. <laughs> That's rule number three. Um... I guess I'll leave you on this. I think America is just like O.J. Simpson. Accomplished a lot. Loves football. Got away with some stuff. That's, that's America. All right. Thank you, Pam. Thank you, Mutiny Radio. Come to the Mutiny Radio Fest. Bye. Yay. Luke, that last joke is killer. It's so funny. Yay. It's so true and so political and so funny. Yay, that's a funny joke. And come see uh, Luke Moore at the festival. Yay. And there's fly, there's posters up front. If anybody can take posters and put them up anywhere, like downstairs, if you live in a building where they have laundry downstairs and a little board, put it up there. Or if you have like a coffee shop you like, I put it in the skate shop because you know how, who I like to talk to. Um, your next comedian, it's his first time here. Excited that he's here. Clap your hands together for Zach. Yay. Uh, I'm Zach. I want to change my organ donor status. I realized that recently. Um, I just don't want to do it. I don't think I'm ready. I also recently found out that I was an organ donor, and that's been pretty rough on me, man. I, I, it's like a crazy massive oversight on my part, and I felt like it was part of the terms and conditions, and I fully agreed to it. And now I'm in on this. Uh, you can do it online. It's pretty, pretty easy to get out of it. Sorry, I'm going to look at my phone. Um, but despite that, it's such an oversight on my part. I wish that the DMV or the government would call you at least every year and just call you and say something like, Zach, just so you know, when you die, we're going to cut you up, probably take all your organs out, give them to literally anybody, probably a citizen. And, um, I just, I just have to be, I mean, I have to take that. That's news to me on that moment. So. My bad, I'm nervous. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, so I have to take that that as news and be like, oh my God, uh, I want to change everything. I don't want to do this. Um, I feel like the DMV, when they do that, when they take you as an organ donor, they're really starting your will too early. Like, I don't really want to start my will until I'm an old person, but the DMV decided the first paragraph of it would be just a giveaway raffle of all my body parts. Um, yeah, also it's random. I hate the idea that it's just a random person that's taking my organs from me. Uh, if I could choose, it'd be amazing. But uh, right now I just, I would hate the fact that if somebody could just have my kidney and it'd just be a guy who was really into card tricks. And that seems like a crazy thing to worry about, but 
I just would never agree to it. Um, I just worry about the fact that maybe my grandkids would come up, meet this guy. This guy is now my legacy because he has my kidney and he just does a bunch of card tricks and my grandparents or my grandkids have to look up and just be like, Grandpa, you chose this fucking dork. And he's doing card tricks. I love that laugh. Um, yeah, man, I don't want anybody living like some lame-ass lifestyle with my kidney or any of my organs. I think that would be a huge violation on me. So if I could choose, that'd be great. Uh, the real reason I don't want to be an organ donor now is because I'm saving that decision to become one as a good deed when I get older. Like in a time that I feel shitty about myself, I feel like... When I feel shitty about myself, like someone, I miss their birthday party. They're like, Zach, you missed my birthday party. It's like, sorry, man. I spent the whole day saving someone's life. And it's like, well, oh my God, what happened? It's like, well, it's all, it, was, it was at the DMV. That's all I'll say. And if they ask again, you, can, you really don't have to say anything back to them because no one wants to be the guy that questions the dude that saved someone's life that day. Um, yeah, also, this is like the tiny, tiniest little worry of mine is that um, if I take, it's just the tiniest little dot, like the little red dot that says you're an organ donor. I, I think that if I take that off my ID, there's going to be some courteous kidnapper who is planning on harvesting my organs that might choose a different guy. Cause if he takes all my cash or if this, imagine, just imagine t chloroforming someone, kidnapping him, getting him in the van. And then you're in the back checking the ID and the guy's driving and you pull out the ID and it's like, Oh fuck. Fuck. And the guy's driver's like, what, what? Did he wake up? Did he wake up? It's like, no, no, he's not an organ donor. It's like, oh, what does that, what does that mean? It's like, if they were courteous enough, they'd say, I, we can't do it. We got to pick another guy. Um, let's see. I'll just do a different one. Uh, uh, do, you, do you guys know the, the highways with the little signs that say they're adopted by someone? I don't know what it means. I don't know what it's for. Uh, recently, I saw a sign that said this highway is adopted by the Atheist United organization, uh, which I thought was awesome. I thought it was amazing that they're uniting. I never knew that they actually really like to got, get together and be part of something. So I thought it was awesome. I also thought it was a huge risk uh, for their PR as atheists because the only PR you really get out of a highway is often going to be a fatal crash. And uh, if there's a fatal crash on the Atheist United Highway, that's huge for every religion out there. That's one thing you can unite on is every religion's like, oh, oh, did you hear about that three car pileup? Three dead. It's like, oh no, what, what? I've never asked this before, but what? Uh, whose highway was it? And it's like Atheist United. Every doesn't matter what religion, it'll unite people. They'll just be like, yes, that's solid. All right, that's all I got. Thank you. Suck, everyone. It was your first time. Um, next time, next time you do it, when you get the horn, that means you have a minute. So usually people will light you, and but here we don't light because it's the radio. So I do a horn just so you can hear it. Uh, but that's just a good thing. It's just, it's hard. It was your first. You did five minutes your first time. That's unusual. Usually people dump out at three. So yay, Zach! Yay! He's got premises galore. All right, we've got three comics left. We'll all be out of here before seven o'clock. I promise. Put your hands together for Denise Lee. Burn the ring of fire, the ring of fire. Okay, um, so I, I recently moved apartments. Uh, my old apartment had a lot of package thieves. 
And I moved, I moved up a hill because I thought it was safer because of that saying, uh, crime doesn't climb. And I think it's mostly true, but I think the saying should be, uh, crime doesn't climb unless they're really fit. And then it's just so much scarier. Yeah. Like, I don't even think I'm dealing with package thieves anymore. Like, these are just, these are just athletes with questionable ethics. <laughs> <laughs> Like recently I had a I had a package stolen and I tried to review the video security footage after to identify the thief and he ran so fast I wasn't I wasn't even mad I was just impressed you know and I he ran so fast I started to like question myself cuz I was like oh he worked harder than me for that package like maybe he does deserve that iPhone 6 <laughs> charger you know i think he learned his lesson though you know like don't steal from millennials we have we have nothing to take <laughs> uh, i'm not a person who really needs nice things though like, i don't really like fancy things like for example i've never really understood heated toilet seats like the first time i sat down on a heated toilet seat i was just like who pooped here for an hour you know? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like heated toilet seats are always gaslighting me. They're like, oh, this is so fancy. No one sat here before. And I'm like, I don't know. It kind of feels like someone read a book here until their legs got numb. You know? uh, I'm fascinated by people with important jobs uh, because I can't relate. Uh, I have a friend. Uh, he has a very important job, so I'm going to try and conceal his identity here. Like, let's just call him Paul. Uh, and he is a high-profile journalist for a newspaper. Like, let's just call it the Wall Street Journal. Um, and and I've always had, like, a little bit of a crush on him because he writes really good articles. So I'm like, oh, he must also be really good at sexting, you know? Like, he probably does it with, like, really good grammar and everything. And we're pretty good friends, so he once showed me a sex that he sent, and it said verbatim, uh, I've been thinking about our bodies entangled with lust in the summer air. And I was like, wow, I didn't know you were gay. Yeah. I was like, that was a text for another man. <laughs> uh, I'm more open-minded these days when it comes to dating. Like, my only dating rule is that I'll date anyone end of sentence. Um, <laughs> but I used to have all these fantasies about like my dream guy. Like my biggest fantasy right now is to date a food critic because I just imagine like if, if a food critic ate me out and liked it, I'd be like, shit, I just got a Michelin star, you know? Like, I'd get so excited, you know? I'd ask him for a review. I'd be like, sir, how are you enjoying this slice of ahi tuna tonight? Like, can I get a thumbs up? Can I get a thumbs down? Thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs up, thumbs down. Just, just keep doing that, okay? And if we broke up, I'd still respect myself. You know, like if men wanted a one night stand, I'd be like, oh, I know it's your first time dining here, but this is a prefix pussy. Uh, you're going to need reservations 30 days in advance. Okay. And put down a credit card deposit. 
You can expect your dinner to last anywhere from 20 minutes to uh, two hours, depending on your skill level. Okay, thank you. A ring of fire. Denise Lee, everyone. Woo, yay, two comics left. You can do it, everyone. It's a Monday and the sun is going down, but we're going to make it. Clap your hands together. He runs an open mic on Thursdays at the hotel, uh, the Edinburgh Castle on Geary, where I've been propositioned for sex multiple times in front of, not not from him, and and no, and and not in a not in a good way. Like I'm gonna take you on a date. Like I want to pay you to suck my dick away. It was very. It's hard to deal with. I'll talk about it later. Put your hands together for James Uakawa. My wild desire. Yeah, damn, Pam. I need to hear more about that story. Jesus Christ. I thought the Edinburgh Castle would be a safe zone, you guys. Definitely check it out. It's every Thursday at 6.30, you guys. It's like an AA meeting. Okay. <laughs> you know what, you guys? I was in Vegas recently, you guys. Yes. And I still managed to step in some human shit. Yeah, I, was still, I was, felt like I was still walking around the Soma. I'm like, damn it. I want to enjoy my vacation, but I guess maybe it's a me problem. Yeah, maybe I could be more spatially aware about my environments. Yeah. You know, the worst part was, it was my own shit, you guys. Wait, what? Yeah. Whatever happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. What? Yes, you guys. I finally got pegged. Fuck yes. She was coming back from Burning Man. She had crystals. I'm like, yeah, let's try this out. Amethyst. Everything else. My prostates and my chakras are all aligned, you guys. Wonderful. Highly recommended. But uh, you know what? I feel like uh, people in Nevada, they really don't take Californians too well. We get into Ubers, and we're like, they'd be like, hey, where are you from? I thought it was like an Asian thing. They're like, oh, like Korean and Japanese, but no. Like, we tell them, like, oh, we're from California. They're like, oh, you Californians, quit moving to my state. Quit making my state blue. Like, they were saying Californians like it was an ethnic slur. I'm all like, whoa, you're putting some stank onto this. And I felt like he was getting a little bit too brass because he's like, you chink, I mean, you Californians. I was like, you slipped up a little bit there, Roger, fuck. Hmm. But yeah, I felt like every Uber driver that was like sort of like a fucking bouncer at a nightclub. They're just sort of like, you Californians can't move in here anymore. Only hot bitches allowed. Vegas rules, baby. Fuck yes. But yeah, you know what, you guys? I do love traveling abroad. Traveling abroad is great, right? I love traveling to experience different shades of racism in European countries. Yeah. The original colonizer racism. Uh, I'm in France. I mean, a charcuterie board. Enjoying the Notre Dame. I'm like, oh, this is beautiful. I love France. And then someone what, like rides by. He's like, Les Chinois. Have you ever had like a smug Frenchman do a drive-by insult on a bike? Wait, what? Yeah, it was terrible. He had his dumbass baguette in his front basket. And he just so like, ring, ring, Les Chinois, chin talk. I'm like, damn it. I was in Russia. Studied abroad in Russia. And Russia is just straight fist to face, you guys. Yeah. No wordplay or anything before they start hate-criming you. It's just sort of like, my face, my fist belongs in your face, you Chinamen. I'm like, Boris, haven't you heard about Stop Asian Hate? And they're like, Nyeta. Yeah, you guys, if you're a minority, like, traveling abroad in Russia, it's like playing esp expert mode in GTA, you guys. A lot of landmines, a lot of skinheads to avoid. Um, hmm, what else? But you're wondering, like, James, why don't you go back to Korea? Huh? Why don't you go back where your Koreans are at, huh? If I go back to Korea, you know what? Koreans would just call me retarded. Yeah, because you know what? I look like a normal, non-assuming Korean man. But no, right when I start talking, you know what? I sound like a six-year-old Korean child, you guys. 
I haven't updated the software in a long ass time. Like they're just gonna come up, they're like, oh, Hungumal SAO. And I'm all like, James, my name is. Hmm. Hungry am I? Yes. Sad? Maybe. And they're like, oh my goodness, this man has been touched by God. Wow. Don't let him nearby any of my soft little animals. He might break their necks. Jesus. But you know what? Coming back to America makes me miss good old casual American racism. At least here they're like, oh, where are you from? You know, they at least ask questions. It's like the Diet Coke of racism here in, you know, California. You know, they're like, oh, where are you from? I'm like, oh, my dad's Japanese, my mom's Korean. They're like, oh, yeah. My son, he loves uh, anime. He loves Naruto. And I'm like, oh, that's great. He's like, why is he watching hentai? I'm like, oh, fuck. It started off so good. It's only getting worse now. Jesus. But no, you guys, I like to think there's like a southern dude who's like a boomer. He's just sort of like, fuck, these Japs, they love uh, raw fish and anime titties. We should have dropped three nukes on them. Jesus. All right, give it up for your host, Pam. Burning ring of fire. Yay, down, down. James Uwakawa. Raw tit. Two, two raw fish uh, jokes in a row. Ladies and gentlemen, put your motherfucking hands together for the one and only Pam Benjamin. Oh, you introduced me like I'm a stripper. That is, fa- that is exactly. That's the always exactly beautiful. Right. Oh my goodness. Oh, thank you. No, I'm not. Yeah, that's. I'm at that condor tonight. Fantastic. So, uh, I was stung by a bee on Saturday, and I'm yay, and I'm deathly allergic to bees. I have an anakit in my bag, and so I got stabbed. In the leg, there happened to be a doctor there who did it for me, like whatever, and it stabbed in the leg. And so I'm fine, I lived, and everything's fine. But I had to come to Jesus talk with myself, and I was like, man, I need to get fucked. I haven't had sex. I haven't had sex since June. I was gonna die with like clean underwear or whatever. I don't know what your mom says. Make sure you have clean underwear on just in case you die. Like if you die, you shit your pants anyway, so why do you have to have clean underwear? There's a fallacy in the logic that everyone's missed all this time. I'm just illuminating the truth. Uh, but I was, I haven't had, I haven't been, nobody's interested in me. I actually, I miss my ex-boyfriend and not for the ways you think because he still lets me use his Netflix password. But he used to, he used to pluck my face. Like he was my esthetician and I miss him because I can't see. And even with my glasses on, the light isn't good enough and I can't pluck my face and I'm starting to look like, uh, like the old lady in the shoe. I don't know. I need something there. Like I have long, like I'm finding long hair. Like I'm like, how is there a three inch hair? Black hair coming out of my face that you didn't tell. I sit like you're blind too. My friends are old and blind too. So no one can see my fucking ugly face. So I missed my ex-boyfriend because he used to pluck my face. And there was this one moment that was so beautiful. And we were, we were at the 27 bus stop and the sun was shining on my face. It was early morning on a Sunday and he looked at me and he looked into my eyes and he said, you are so beautiful. You have this one hair right here. Can I get it? And he leaned in with his fingernails and boom. And I was like, yeah, I miss that. <laughs> it's the only thing I miss other than that. <laughs> Fuck it. I don't care. Left me the Netflix password. Anyways, I've been lonely. Uh, I'm <laughs> Thank you, GD. I'm so lonely I masturbate to podcasts. Anyway, so I haven't, there hasn't been any sex on the street, but out in front of James's thing, outside of Edinburgh Castle, I was waiting because when you're a comedian, you got to get there early to get on the list. It doesn't matter if you run your own open mics. You don't want to take, you don't want to throw your weight in and you want to wait in line like everybody else, right? So I'm sitting there waiting and this guy comes to me from across the street and he goes, hey, are you working? 
That is asking if I'm a prostitute. Am I giving off a prostitute vibe? Like today, sure I am because I'm performing at the Condor later. So I'm absolutely giving off a prostitute vibe today. But that's because I'm doing the Condor. I don't usually wear this. Anyway, I know, but it's funny if you... So I'm not a prostitute, but the only regret I have is I didn't ask him how much I was worth. Like, I really want to know from a white guy how much he thinks I'm worth on the street. Like, I'm clearly, like, he's thinking, like, oh, I'm, I'm going to get a deal because she's old or whatever. I don't know what. What am I worth? One lady um, showed everyone her tits, got in a car, came back with a half a bottle of Taka vodka and a pack of cigarettes. Am I worth that and a 20? Like, what is the value system and where am I on it? No one else has self-esteem issues. Okay, good. <laughs> Somebody value me and tell me what I'm worth. Have I hit four minutes yet for the love of Christ? Okay, one more. One more new joke. One more new joke. Because I, I've been thinking, I've been doing a lot of tarot cards and I have a lot of gems and I have a lot of crystals. And I wear, I wear a lot of gems. I enjoy them very much. And it's, I just thinking about it like all gems are crystals but not all crystals are gems, which is never a more apt thought than when naming young baby girls in Modesto. Thank you. I, I got to word that right at some point. It one, at one point it rolled off the tongue and now I feel like I'm tripping over it, just like everyone in Modesto, because they're all on meth. I don't know why I'm punching down on Modesto, just because fuck them. This place actually, I've, I haven't driven through there. I got a DUI years ago. Where the fuck am I driving? Not through Modesto. But I did, um, I, today we found a rat infestation here, so it actually kind of felt like Modesto. Uh, we didn't find it. I didn't have to see them. I just saw their poop. But it's clean now. I just want to let everybody know that you might have the hantavirus from years, from weeks past, but now it's clean. Hantavirus, hantavirus. Oh, okay. I just, I, he knows the truth. I don't give a fuck. I'm glad you're all still alive. Honestly, I almost died on Saturday. I don't give a fuck about anything for a while. I'm like, no, because I'm not dead. I mean, no, I mean, I'm, it's like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if anybody's ever had that happen to you where you have a near-death experience. No, just all you guys are, I'm sure none of you have had a near-death experience. You're all just, you live forever. No, I, I got stung by a bee. It's fine. I just go in anaphylactic shock and I can't breathe. You didn't listen to the beginning of my set. It doesn't matter. It wasn't the good part. None of it was. Okay, everybody, let's get the fuck out of here and go to our stuff. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, make it loud for the one and only Pam Benjamin. Love is a burning Tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts. Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. Home, <laughs> <laughs> Patrick, go.
Namaste. Every Monday at 6 p.m., it's Joke Workshop, streaming live on mutinyradio.fm. Lift the veil from your third eye on joke creation and what it takes to be a stand-up comic in the five shakasanas of San Francisco's comedy scene. This all-ages open mic invites comedy. Oh, pre-sign by Venmoing 2 to $5 at Mutiny Radio. Join us live for a small and special audience at the Mutiny Radio studio and gallery performance space, 2781 21st Street at Florida Street in the deep, deep, deep mission. Every Monday at 6 p.m. Does my ponytail look cool? Thank you. Namaste. Tuesday used to be the most unlikely night for fun. But every week at 6 p.m., come to OMG's Tuesday Open Mic. And see comics work out new material for free. For free. They get your Tuesday night party on with two-for-one well drink specials during the 6 to 8 p.m. show. Check out Eventbrite to reserve your free seat every Tuesday, 6 p.m. At OMG on Savory 6th Street. Savory 6th Street. Show up to go up. Hey, kids. It's your pal, Spiderman. <laughs> Sorry, Spiderman. Mortimer Spiderman. But I'm not swinging through the senior facility, best in Mysterio at Boggle, or getting beautifully plowed by the Rhino. I'm headed down to Mutiny Radio at the corner of 21st and Florida. They got some schlemiels doing the laugh laugh. But hey, don't be a schmuck and donate 2 to $5 on... Hold, hold on, what is this? Let me get my glasses. The print's too small. Then Mo. That's not real. What is that, Swedish? You knew that, right? This is in San Francisco. I'll drown in on. It's nap time. Weekly comedy at the best neighborhood bar in the city. Join your friends from Mutiny Radio every Thursday at 8 p.m. at the Bar on Dolores at 29th and Dolores. Starting after any very important sports game that might happen to be on, you're guaranteed a night of laughter for free. And when paired with the drink specials and the nicest bartender in San Francisco, it'll become a Thursday ritual. Show up to go out for comics, and please reserve your free tickets on Eventbrite so we know you're coming to laugh. Comedy is the cheapest. Happy hour, the most free two hours of hour-long comedy on the radio and internet streaming live. Two seven eight one Twenty First Street. Come down, be in the audience. Dog friendly. Dog friendly. We are Mutiny Radio is absolutely dog friendly. Ooh, a dog party ain't no party like a dog party. <laughs> dog party at Mutiny Radio. Every Friday, dog party at Mutiny Radio. Happy hour. Two seven eight one twenty first Street. Happy hour. Mutiny Radio. Dot FM. Here in Dot SF. Calling all crusties, punks, and poses. Pick your posteriors up off the pavement. Pack up your pins and patches and prepare to party. The Pacific Northwest Vest Fest returns this Saturday only at the SeaTac Expo Center. 
Whether you're a leather lover or just a denim demon, if you're looking to dress to impress for less, do not stress. You'll find all the best in pre-distressed vests right here at the Pacific Northwest Vest Fest. With over 40 vendors selling countless crossover styles, you'll find the perfect thing for your scene. Metal, thrash, Walmart, high-vis, and everything in between. All in one place. One day only. Unless it's a jacket. If you need a jacket, take your square ass somewhere else. Never pay for fabric you don't need and ditch the sleeves, but save the rest for the Pacific Northwest Fest Fest this Saturday only at SeaTac. Bring a can of PBR, get it half price. Daddy, Daddy, what are we going to do today? At 2 p.m. on a Saturday afternoon? Oh, over there at the parklet in front of Atlas Cafe for Tetons of Comedy. That, that's Titans of Comedy. Apparently, they've got great sandwiches, cafe drinks, and even some of my favorite beverages, like beer, wine, and sangria. All the things I drink to forget your mother. My new Uncle Blake says you smell like a brewery. What did I say about interrupting me? Anywho, right here on 20th and Alabama in the Deep Mission, paired with tasty comedy from Bay Area's favorite comics. For free! Every Saturday. Or at least the two Saturdays a month that the court mandates have to see you. It's sunshine! And even in a drizzle, but not too much. And Daddy, remember after soccer practice when it was raining and you didn't come? I really don't. Anywho. You take it west of Razor's Reservations on Eventbrite. Fucking. L.S.D. Fab. Acid and fapping. Fapping and acid. Acid fapping. Fapping and acid. Fap, 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 acid. Thank you. That song is called Acid and Fapping. Up in the head, Mutiny Radio Festival, Ahoy! Ah, very good. Ah, very good, legless Joe. I'm surprised you can see from the crow's nest with no legs. It's to get ready, crew. The festival is upon us. Scurry Steve, how many comics? Over a hundred comics. 
You're looking good, Scurvy Steve. Glad the scurvy hasn't taken you. Aye, aye, Captain. You, no liver Mary. How many venues? We've got nine venues, sir. And you, boy, what's your name? Very good. And finally, Eleven Fingers Sally. What about the tickets? You can find all of your tickets on Eventbrite, sir. Check out www.mutinyradio.fm. What is that? I don't know what a website is. I'm a pirate. <laughs> <laughs> but f- quick to the festival. All sails ahead. Arr. Pirate noises. Ambiance. underscores. You know, I love going to restaurants downtown, turning your frown around, and like everybody, falls countdown. <laughs> hey, I'm ready to crumba. Now let's watch a full-length Welcome to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. How are you, man? Hey, Mike. Good to see you. Thank you for... I'm happy to be back here and ready to watch a great film together with you on YouTube. Well, that is the premise of our acronym. We are a podcast. We are a live streaming. Streaming. That is, if you're alive, you could stream this first on mutinyradio.fm, where we are on right now as we are every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Go ahead, type in mutinyradio.fm, check out the station, and on Sunday at 2 p.m. PST, go ahead and hit play. We're also a podcast, audio, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-I-T, that's our acronym, and most importantly, we have a YouTube channel. We want to watch a full-length movie with you. We are going to find a movie on YouTube, and we're going to watch it with the sound off. You're going to watch the movie with us, And you're going to listen to our podcast at the same time. Unless, of course, you're watching the video. Hello, we have a movie to present to you. That's really exciting, Carl. I'm really excited. Uh, And don't forget, Mutiny Radio has a lot of great stuff. So when you go to mutinyradio.fm, not only you can figure out a way to channel that station, check out our archive, you can also donate. Hit the donate button or go to Venmo and donate money to at Mutiny Radio. Carl, what is the movie today? Today, we will watch Saturn 3, 1980. Isn't that easy to put in the search engine of YouTube? Saturn, then the number three, okay. and then 1980. 
and I spell out 1980. Uh, no. <laughs> okay. It All is right. numerically right. You don't even need Roman numerals. It is 1980. Hey, gang. 43-year-old movie. Saturn 3 from 1980 is on YouTube, and we're going to watch it. So go ahead, type in Saturn 3, the number, and then, of course, 1980. And, Carl, who is hosting our movie? Well, I just caught it here. I looked it up. It is video for you to see. Now, you'll only find one thing, so I'm not going to tell you the cool way they wrote for you to see. But because oh. when you get there, that will be for you to see. I'm not yeah. telling you. Very Prince-like. Okay, so videos for you to see is hosting the movie we're going to be watching, Saturn 3. We want you to click the link. The movie's going to play. There's no ads. I didn't get an ad. No, Just get pause. I didn't get an ad. And then move the timer back to zero, zero, zero. When you hear go, we want you to hit play with us and we'll start the movie. That sounds complicated. Don't worry. We'll give you a couple of minutes to get yourself set up because we have a special feature coming up. The go is going to be said by none other than a celebrity comedian. Carl not only produces the show, wrote this theme song, and syncs up the video. He's went out of his way to talk to a celebrity comedian. Carl, take it away. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Celebrity Countdown, this time with Nick Kina. Welcome, yes. Nick. Hi, everybody. Now, this segment is usually titled Celebrity Comedian Countdown, but with you, it's just Celebrity Countdown because you, sir, make your living at music. This is almost unheard of. You don't have some day job. You're a music guy. Tell me how you fell into that. Was that your lifelong goal? Tell me how you arrived here. You know, it was never like, I wouldn't say it was a lifelong goal. For a long time, I wanted to be a Ghostbuster. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, I, you got to grow up. I was like, okay, I'll, you know, I guess I'll be a mechanic or something. I don't know. I had a bunch of, I had a bunch of crappy jobs when I was younger. Um, but music's always been around. My father's a musician and all his brothers are musicians as well. So there was always, there was always music around the house and I couldn't go a day without hearing at least three or four Led Zeppelin tunes in the background. My dad, right. my dad is a rabid Zeppelin fan. And that, that something that we all kind of inherited. Uh, for the years, we just all became Zep fans. But I started going to his to his gigs uh, when I was about 13 years old, 13, 14 years old. He he started letting me come to some of his gigs that were at like nicer places. He played, sure. he, played he played some spots that were pretty rough. That you know, you know, he wouldn't. You know, he he was scared to go. They were right. paying him to be there though. So, but you know, I would sit at the bar and I would drink root beer and I would. And I would kind of be like a third base coach. And mm -hmm. I, he, he would look at me and I would tell him if like the guitar was too loud, I would, I would go like, you know, give, give big, awesome. big giant hand gestures to tell him what needs to get fixed. And then he would walk up to the board and, you know, just make those little minor adjustments. And, and I got, that's, that's the first time I kind of, I, the, that first moment I was like, wow, this is, this is a cool job. This is something <laughs> that's fun. And then yeah. I started, I, and then I started playing the bass because my father's a bass player. It's what we had in the house. So I started playing in bands and, you know, working my way up to becoming a front man. I was always like, you know, in, like, um, you know, I played harmonica, I'd sing some backup vocals, but I wasn't the front man. And then slowly but surely, I just kind of became that front man. And I started running open mic nights when I was uh, 21. And it was just so much fun. It was such a blast just, you know, cause you get all different types of people that come in 
you know, some people that are absolutely fantastic and they're looking for a gig. And then you get your, you get your weekend warrior type guys that, Oh, my kids all left the house and I can finally play the guitar again. Nice. You get a lot of those fellas too. And they're great too. But like you meet all these really sweet, sweet people that all, you know, share the same interest and the same love of, of the, of, of music. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's music is, is to, in my opinion, it's the last real form of magic mm-hmm. because special effects have ruined our eyes. Like we know, CGI. yeah. Like we know that CGI. It looks so good, but you yep. know that CGI. But you play a song, and and you can absolutely transport someone to a different time and place, and a different feeling, and you, and you can really make someone, you know, feel something. Whether you're yeah. trying, whether you're trying to or not, whether you like, whether you meant to, you know, you know, I, I a few a few gigs ago. I did a song by Bob Dylan to make you feel my love. Beautiful song. It's one of his most covered. And this really sweet couple, with, they were sitting at the table with their two kids. And they just, they stood up and started dancing, slow dancing to this song. And then when they finished, the, the, the wife's got a tear coming down her face. And she, really? She said, that's our wedding song. Holy cow. That's and next, great. And, and next week's our anniversary. And I was like, oh, right. So I got, <laughs> you know, and there was just this beautiful magic. Moment. I didn't know they were gonna be there. I didn't know that. It's just this this magical moment, and and mm-hmm. and like in that moment, he grabs her hand and they stand up and they start dancing. I'm like, oh, that's really sweet. Yeah. That's really nice. I guess they like this song. And then they told me their whole life story. It was really, you know, <laughs> it was really nifty. So and now you um, you mentioned the bass, right? And I know you're mm-hmm. all about the guitar, but you're also playing this great mandolin. It's, How did it, you fall into that? It's it's actually it's called the bazooki. It's uh it's okay. a Greek it's like a Greek mandolin. The technical term would be octave mandolin. It just has a longer neck, uh, so it's got a lower a lower resonance, um, and it's just got a really beautiful tone. And a friend of it mine, went, a friend of mine, went to Greece in like two thousand. I want I want to say two thousand five. She went to Greece and she she had bought it for her her then boyfriend. And then when she got back to, uh, from Greece, uh, they broke up. Long story short, mm-hmm. and she 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 gave it to me under the and the, the promise was he's never allowed to touch it again. And she gave it to me. And, and you I, saw I, to it. And I held up my end of the deal. <laughs> but it's just such a I don't know. I, I never actually learned to play. A, a standard six string guitar. It's not. It's not something I learned to play. I started on on bass, and then a little bit of slide guitar. Then mandolin fell in my lap, and then the bazooki fell in my lap. And the bazooki was great because I've got I've got kind of fat fingers, and getting in between the frets on a mandolin's a little tricky. The, the the frets are very close together, but the bazooki's got a longer neck, and the frets are spread out a bit more. So it just it was like this is built for me, and it really was. I can't believe all the smoke on my face. <laughs> That's yeah, what happens not, when you smoke. Yeah. Well, my apologies to everyone on the West Coast. We still smoke <laughs> over here. <laughs> but um. But now, yeah, also, I, you you have this looping. Uh, it's uh, something yeah. that a lot of people are doing. Yeah, you do it with the mandolin, but it's not called a mandolin. It's a bazooki. Yeah. You do. You do. Yeah. So this technology fell in your lap, and you really take advantage of it. Yeah. Well, during lockdown, it became kind of it became more and more clear that I wasn't going to be having any gigs with my band anytime soon. So the thought of I'm going to have solo gigs, a lot of solo gigs in my future came, came to, you know, came to be like absolute fact. So I went out and bought this loop pedal and uh, they make, and then they, they make, this is a pretty neat one. I can hook the microphone up to it and get a little beat going. And 
you know, build the song in the moment, which was a lot of fun. And um, there's a great musician. Uh, I've been a fan of his work for God, like almost, almost 25 years. I've been following this guy's career. His name's Keller Williams, just like the real estate company, but this guy's way cooler. Uh-huh. Um, but he, he, he works with a loop pedal and he was working with loop pedals back in the day. He was one of the first musicians I, I've ever became aware of that was a solo act working with loop pedals. And this one guy on stage would get the entire, entire arena or entire auditorium or, or, or theater, wherever he was playing, everybody's dancing. And it's just one guy up there. Yeah. It's a, it's really an amazing show, but you know, I'm nowhere near his caliber, but uh, you know, I just started kind of playing with it and building songs and having fun with it. And, and just having fun with it. And that's that's the main point of what I do is if I'm not having fun up there, nobody yes. yeah. And the, and, the, and the same could be said for all, all aspects of entertainers. Even if even if you're giving a, 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 a Shakespeare soliloquy and you're and you're pouring your heart out and you're crying in the moment, you better be having fun. Or or you know, it's not it's gonna, gonna be translate. Exactly, exactly. So you know, that's that's just the thing. Like I've had I've had plenty of crappy jobs, but about uh, a little over ten years ago, I uh, I got laid off from from my last real job, uh-huh. de- delivering car parts, and I got laid I got laid off because I was you know I got fired because I was always late because I had I had gigs every night. So I, when I got fired, I just was like, all right, well, screw it, I'm just gonna start playing more shows because I was I looked at it like I was making I was making crappy money at this day job, mm-hmm. and I knew if I if I knew if I just worked five nights a week and played five shows a week at least. But I could make as much, if not more, than what I was making It'll add up. at the car part at the car park shop, and and it, and it turned out I was right. Yeah, and I, you know, instead of making like after taxes, I'm making like hundred and four dollars a day. Yeah, working working a nine hour shift, I'm making at least one hundred and eighty dollars, two hundred dollars for working for three four hours. Mm. I mean, the math just you know, the math sells the whole thing. You know, not to say you know. Everyone could do this because I don't know. No, but it takes a special individual, and that is you, my man. Now, the way we met each other was you're doing these music open mics. Now, it's always been my philosophy that, and Vin Vitale, our good friend together, was a part of this. It's always been my philosophy that, like, you go to a comedy open mic, and that's okay and everything, but it is a sea of comedians. And I'm doing real gigs, you know, at Scotty's every weekend. I'm going off to other places like, Kentucky and Delaware got to be in front of real people. So the way to do that is go to a music open mic. None of them are comedians, you know? So I want to thank you for allowing me and my friends to get up there. You know, I really appreciate it. We're not doing music and you say it's fine. I love it. It, 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 it breaks up the show a little bit to have to, to pepper in a couple comics. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I've always been a fan of, of, of comedy. I've, I've gone to shows at Caroline's and, you know, uh, which I hear is closing. Yes, it is closed. That's a bummer. That's a yeah, bummer. I, saw, I saw Louis there a couple times. When uh-huh. he, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. In the, in the late 90s, I snuck in. But uh, that's, you know, I've always been a fan of stand-up comedy. And go, and I've been to uh, stand-up open mic nights I, just, as, just as a, you know, as a patron. Mm-hmm. And, and, I've, and I've watched, I've watched comics bomb yes. in, at, at an open mic in front of other comedians and it's like yeah. it's like it's like that one drop of blood in the water and all the sharks <laughs> smell it circle mm-hmm. and and it's funny to see and like and, and i know it's part of the process and it's just the way comics work and the way comics think and react i, 
I, I, I love it. <laughs> but the way we react at, at, at my open mics, at music open mic nights, if a guy bombs, you don't boo, you don't, and you don't make fun of him. Yeah. You just let him, you let him know, hey man, you'll you'll get him next time. You know? Yeah, that's right. You'll get him next time, buddy. You know, we're it's it's my open mics, music open mics, in, inherently are are more like they're more like group therapy for musicians yeah. Yeah. with a cash bar. <laughs> the best way I can describe them. But the, you know, we just get together. And we we talk about we talk about music. We talk about our equipment. We, you know, we're just big nerds. Everyone thinks musicians are cool. We're not cool. Yeah, we're just, no. We're just giant nerds that ha that happen to do something that chicks like. Yeah. <laughs> now, I want to get to your podcast and plug that. Now, it's called You Good? That's it is. what it's, it's called. called. You Good? You know, it's it's Y-A. Yep. Good question mark. Now, what is this podcast about? How can people find it? You can find it on SoundCloud. Um, and follow our, There's a Facebook page as well uh, called You Good Podcast. And it's... Um, it's it's basically we, me and my friend Dylan Jacobus. We started this podcast to just kind of uh, again, kind of just uh, like do what we do at open mic nights and talk shop uh, and talk about the music scene in, in North Jersey, like like Jersey, but kind of specifically North Jersey. Um, just that's because where I'm. I'm uh, but uh, it's music based. It's all about it music. Is, okay. It is primarily music based, but we do we do go off topic. And I know that. Uh, We've got a uh, we've got a couple of uh, shows that are coming up that are like the like we're gonna do like a top ten list of annoying sounds. Okay. And that and and some of those answers are definitely gonna be music based, but some of those answers are not music based because yeah. one of the like one of my least favorite sounds in the world is when you uh, when you, when a car starts up and the belt squeaks. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! Just, oh, just fix it. Up. Just fix it already. Just just yeah. fix it. It's a cheap, it's a $20 belt. Just fix it. Yeah. I don't know. That's one, one that bugs things. me is when uh, the Windows makes that sound like you screwed up. You know what I'm talking oh. about? <laughs> and sometimes you do something that you don't consider a screw up, and Windows is like, bang, and you screw the Windows. <laughs> that is an annoying sound. When you're like, okay, when I'm, so if I'm in the middle of mixing something or, or um, you know, editing the podcast or whatever, and like all of a sudden we get like 40 prompts about the mouth, like our antivirus that I right. haven't updated because the computer works offline. I don't care. Yeah, right. <laughs> You're safe anyway. Yeah. So it's called You Good. Yep. Y A Good question mark. Yep. And we're looking at, to find it on SoundCloud, but there's also a Facebook group. Yeah, uh, the fa there's a Facebook page, um, page. And, and every time when, whenever an episode drops, we share it on. We'll, we'll share the link on Facebook. Okay. Um, it's it's a small podcast. We're just starting it out. Um, we've only we we we've only been doing it consistently for like the past like two months we took a long break after my kid was uh -huh. born um because you know which makes sense yeah well you, you know just as well as i do buddy when when, <laughs> you know, when when you start building that family you got to start shifting your things around and make everything fit. yeah that's <laughs> right things go on hold my uh music career went on hold uh, when that happened, you know, uh, and I, you know, when they got older, I came back to it, but I ended up in comedy, but I want to plug your EP. Now you have, uh, an EP out there. It's called, I've been called worse, which is a great title. Now, now it's an EP cause it's short and where can people find it? Tell me about it. And we, uh, you can find it pretty much wherever you can, uh, you know, stream music from it's available on all platforms. Uh -huh. Um, and, iTunes uh, and SoundCloud. ITunes, SoundCloud. And, uh, I believe it's on YouTube as well. 
Okay. If you, if you type in Nick Hina, I've been called worse. I believe it still I've pops up. I've been worse. Um, yeah. And uh, this is kind of what the album cover looks like. <laughs> well, I see the vinyl behind you there, yeah. just like I have vinyl. I bet you some Led Zeppelin is in there, of course. Right. I have, I have, I have every studio album, and uh, the song remains the same. The the film soundtrack. I I also have a forty five of Hey Hey What Can I Do. Very nice, perfect. That's a rare find. I got that for well, a quarter at a, at a garage sale. I got that. I got that forty five for a quarter at a garage sale. Blew my mind. A quarter? They didn't know what they were they selling. No idea what they had. And it's what's it's on the, the flip? What's on the flip? It's the it's the B side actually. The A side is immigrant song. Oh, hey, what a great collection! That those and are the, two great songs. So when when well when 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 Zeppelin three came out, Atlantic Records said we want we want to put out a single. Led Zeppelin said no, we don't do singles. And Atlantic went and did it anyway. They yeah. took immigrant song and then they grabbed hey hey what can I do off the shelves and put it together. And that that's actually kind of what the last straw was. Which that's the like that that's one of the arguments that led. Zeppelin led, led led Zeppelin to uh, to forming their own label because they they were losing autonomy uh, uh, at, at Atlantic yeah. and they didn't have control over their product and right so yeah so and and, and just just like Led Zeppelin does <laughs> I wanted to be just like them I, uh, <laughs> I this, this this EP was self produced uh, well not self produced I like you know like but I you know no label or nothing me me and Dylan Jacobus uh, Connor Larkin. Uh, Victor Phillips, on uh, he's my he's uh, a great producer, uh, and uh, and Sean Fairley, uh, fantastic drummer. We put this together during lockdown, and actually, a lot of what was recorded was recorded, um, like a lot of what ended up on the final product. I recorded in a in a in a pantry during lockdown. Mm-hmm. I was stuck. I was stuck in Pittsburgh with my now fiance uh, during the first few months of lockdown, and. We wanted to get some work done. But I had no equipment with me, just just my bazooki and my and my songbook. But I also had I had my tablet and I had my cell phone. So I I I, I kind of just jury rigged a coat rack to hold up my uh, my tablet down here and my phone up up about, about head level. And I sat in I, I stood in in this in this pantry with the door closed and a yoga mat over my head to soundproof mm-hmm. it. Looked, right. I, looked, I must have looked like a really, like really normal guy, but uh, <laughs> and I recorded a lot of my vocals and, and some of the bazooki in that in that pantry. Sent it back to Jersey, and they and they were so they were working on and Vic, Victor Victor ah, especially he was working on producing a lot of it while it was still stuck in Pittsburgh. And then I got back into Jersey, and then and then we went into the studio. We went to uh, original music school of Morristown, which has some pretty cool recording studios as well, and. Uh, and we just, me and the boys, just banged out what, what was left, and, and and then we put it out. But yeah, it's just, it was it was not your not the way a a, a typical uh, album gets put out. <laughs> no, <laughs> By any I've been called worse. Mm-hmm. Okay, now Nick Kina. Everyone at home is poised to watch this film at the exact same time as we do here in the studio. So everyone at home, they've got to press play at the same time as we do here in the studio. And that's what you're here for. So why don't you go ahead, Nick Kina, and give us that celebrity countdown. Hang on, I gotta ask, what's the movie? The movie is called Saturn 3. It's from 1980. Now this stars Farrah Fawcett, and it's got... um, uh, Kirk Douglas and uh, I forget. The, yeah, it's it's like a science fiction uh, film, and it's from the seventies. It it was filmed in seventy eight, seventy nine, even though it was released in nineteen eighty. 
It's right after Star Wars, so you see a lot of Star Wars influence in it. <laughs> I it love it's it Harvey Keitel. Harvey Keitel, uh, Harvey Keitel is... and Kurt Oh Dunn. my God, I'm watching. <laughs> and there's a crazed robot. You know, everyone's going to love this film. It's not the best film, but they're going to enjoy watching it with us. I bet they will. I bet they will. This sounds. This sounds like a real stinker, and I can't wait. Yes, right. <laughs> okay, now, Nick Kena. Okay. Everyone at home, they are poised to watch this film same time we do in the studio. They got to press play same time. So why don't you go ahead, Nick Kena, and right, give thanks. us that celebrity countdown. Thanks so much for having me, Carl. Keep kindness in your hearts and on your minds. Three, two, one, go! Thank you, Celebrity Comedian Countdown, and thank you, Weird Beginning Movie. Oh, I want to thank that Celebrity Comedian. I haven't heard it yet, but it was fantastic. It oh, was the best ones. This turn is the, the logo first. Ghost. It is up, dude. Go ahead. Turn it up. Go ahead. It is. It's on. <laughs> Mike Green is giving me no music. There's no music going on. Yeah, that's my joke. There is no music in the beginning. We're going to get some music in a minute. Carl, I have it at 100. Now, look how this was... This was a 1980s for two-second font, right? Right. Right at the beginning of the 1980s. For like the first three months, you would see a book in this title. You would see, you know, it didn't last for some reason. What was it, like Dreamscape was 1980? The Nude Bomb with Maxwell Smart? It was a weird year, 1980. Yeah. For movies. yeah. A lot of weird movies came out that year. Reagan just arrived. We still had Carter on our brain. You can tell the clothing is like the seventies. Well, I do like that Farrah Fawcett has top billing of this Kirk Douglas movie. Yeah. Now it's shot in seventy-eight, by the way. So everything we're gonna see on the screen was the late seventies, but it this is nineteen eighty when it releases. And her name is first, even though she should it shouldn't be, but she was the more famous person. This is pretty good for non sci for non computer graphics. Now Star Wars had come out. Everybody knew it. Right. And right now we're gonna get is it an homage to Star Wars, or is it like we better do this because that's what people expect in space movies now? Well, you want to set the stage. You want to show the vastness of space, the planet that is set, and then humanity's uh, technology. Yeah, improvement. Like, mm -hmm. look how advanced we are. Yeah. Now well, you should hear music. Okay. I can't hear it. I can't hear it. Mike, turn I can't hear it. I, I'm turning up this. I gotta lower the sound. I can hear it. What? Mike, turn the sound down so we can see if the sound goes up. Turn up the sound. Okay. Okay, so. Um, there is Star Wars, which I'm calling Episode 1, because that's chronological. The New Hope, which it wasn't called. Yes, it was in the beginning credits. This was the scene. It was a blank thing of space, and then over it went that Star Destroyer. That's exactly what they did, you sure. know, live, frame for frame. Well, wasn't that like Alien and Red Dwarf? I guess Red Dwarf was being playful. They always have the space model they want to show off at the beginning. Yeah. You know, now, you got to set the stage. But isn't this whole movie is like a sexy robot just kill chases after Kirk Douglas in the in the space station? That's a good guess. It is not that, but yes, that is it. <laughs> okay. It's not that, but you're so close. You just missed the nail, right? No, Your Stanley, next swing, you're going to hit it. 
So I always, I was telling Carl that I get this movie mixed up with, of course, Capricorn One, which is when uh -huh. they faked the moon landing, and that was directed with O.J. Simpson, and it was directed by Peter Hyam, exactly. who's. But this Stanley Nonin is is he singing in the rain, Carl? Yeah, he's the director for Singing in the Rain, which he co-did with um, uh, Gene, Gene Kelly? Kelly. Yeah, he did two with Gene Kelly. He uh, was he did one called On the Town in 1949. Isn't that the one with Frank Sinatra? New York, New York. Or no, that's Anchors. Yeah, I think so. And there, there was that the one where they're like a Navy ship and they were docked in New York for the weekend. Right. Yeah, they got a weekend. I can't tell if that's Anchors Away or I think it's on the town. That's right. a great movie. Anchors Away, I think, was a song in, uh, you know, wash that man right out of my hair. Oh, Why yeah, are we yeah, talking right. about this? Never mind. Okay. Oh, so we're in space. Here we, yes. Now we are space faring, sparing civilization yes. I like that. because we're by saturn now that's pretty fucking far okay so i have no idea why this guy does it but he murders this his captain and steals like a cylinder which i'll just give away because we spoiled things here which is gonna okay. end up being a robot okay but i don't know why he does it He's stealing a cylinder, which will become a robot, like a robot yes. cylinder. Right. So here's the captain, and he's running into the locker room where he stored his cylinder. Okay. Okay. Doesn't make any sense. Right. Look the at this 1970s gym. <laughs> well, it's the future. They just everything is in buttons. Yes. Here is my cylinder. Because it's right. laughing, yes. <laughs> Look at my no, briefcase, because and and no, you know, papers, space. right? Now, who's this guy? He goes, "Hey, so I heard you failed the mental exam. Tough break, buddy." <laughs> this dude hey. starts going for the airlock. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. After you tell him you lost your mental case, right? Then he goes, "No, no, don't." React negatively to my comment and push the button and kill me. Go ahead, turn it up. If you want. <laughs> He's gripping on to the seventies. The seventies gym uh, benches aren't going to save you in deep that space. They're not. Oops, slice. No. Yes. Look at that. Does it that make a noise, bro? That was cut from other versions because it was like considered so disgusting. When I saw it, it looked like such a not human body that I didn't even. It's the only interesting thing I saw. I never seen a body get sliced in space. You saw it going out there. You said, "Oh, he's gonna get sliced," and they sliced him. Hey, no running in the space lobby. Hey, no run, no running in the space. No, you see, that's supposed to be cool because it's upside down, but it's lost on me the first time I ever saw this film. Zero gravity. So they think he's the captain. And he is now oh, getting into the captain pod. They didn't tell that this captain's ass looks a lot better now. Like, it could be someone <laughs> else. Yeah, they didn't notice. It fit, though. Okay. I was just admiring your pleasure center. Don't call it that! <laughs> Ow! Just kidding. All right, now that's their symbol. You see on the wall, that'll be on yeah. their jackets and stuff. We are a space faring. 
I'm sorry, go ahead. We do we gotten pretty far, Saturn. Yeah, oh so is this this isn't like NASA. This is like a private corporation. No, I think it's like a NASA. Bugging out. What I mean to say is it's there isn't really corporate uh, Earth is like starving and they have this this base on Saturn, which is just clouds okay it's on the third moon of saturn that's why it's called saturn three where they're like oh. growing experimental food okay and that's where he's headed not once are we gonna make a prequel joke or a sequel joke or because i haven't seen saturn one or two <laughs> it's the third moon the first moon of uh saturn is just a dead rock it's just a dead rock the second moon of Saturn has dancing girls, and there's like it's sort of like <laughs> Miami in space. There's, there's. I never uh, leave that one. You can gamble. There's like a casino thing, and no, but Saturn three, they're coming up with food for Earth, like no. experimental foods that they could grow on Earth's shitty environment. What if the moons hit the rings? Oh, moons ever ever no. like hit the rings? No, they're because basically. the way it's. It, it's in a locked thing now. Gravity yeah, fucked okay. with it, and it got into a locked thing. So no, the moons will never bump the. He's riding in the the rings right now. Right, isn't it cool? Yeah, look, it's... there's no rock right in front of him. It's a Sioux sailing. Well, because it's the rings, you see. You see how he sort of like went underwater. He's really going into yeah. a cloud. He's going through the Saturn's ring. Now, now, Star Wars had come out, and it had changed everything. And people doing space movies knew they had to fucking do space. They can't fuck right. around with strings and shit. The audience is sophisticated now. They want to well, see... Well, you talk art. about, this is still 1977. Alien came out in 79, and that was like a haunted house in outer space movie, right? Where they're trapped in a haunted house, and there's a monster yeah, chasing yeah. them. So, yeah, and they... they they likened this to Alien, to which this um, Donnan director was like, no, 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 no. Uh, you know. Um, We're more Star Wars. Well, he, excuse me, hold on one minute. Um, there's this guy named Barry. Yeah, John Barry. John Barry wrote the story. He was like, no, 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 no. John Barry thought this up like year, like 76 or some bullshit. Right. Okay, now. But it's, yeah. He, Go ahead and ask your question because I can hold up on the. Oh no, I was just saying that so far in my mind, I feel like this movie is a alien type movie where there's a guy trapped on a space station with a killer robot. Yes, that is what's kind of going on here. But the thing is, Alien had the suspense and edge of your seat, like a Hitchcock, that this doesn't right. have. This does not have that. Now, well, what about um? Oh, sorry, Carl, go ahead. No, it's just there's not supposed to be any atmosphere, and we're seeing gas. It doesn't make sense. But you were saying, go ahead. No, there's another uh, science fiction movie with Sam Neill. Like, it's in outer space, and uh, there's, like, demons in outer space, and it's an abandoned spaceship. I don't remember the name oh, of the movie. Everyone loves yes. that film. Yes, it was an abandoned spaceship. Right. And and it's one. it's like the port of hell. And then there's like Solaris, which is like a guy goes off in outer space. So it was a Russian movie and then a George yeah, Clooney movie. Like a, it isn't a reincarnation. It's like somebody stole him or something. He got yeah, mad. like yeah, creepy. Yeah. 
What was that haunted one? I can see it in my mind. In my mind too. It. Yeah, floating around. Right. Extreme <laughs> blood measure. No, I know what it is. It's it's from the director of. Uh, oh God. Look at the good Mortal space. Kombat. Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. Movie. Okay, so two spacemen who live on the food place welcome this person from the head of their organization and okay. without any question. Now, like I said before, I don't know why he killed the captain to come here because he is here on per like their production is down. So they want he wants to give them a robot to help with production and it unfortunately I mean one of them will get retired but it will up production and you know earth can eat that kind of thing right so why kill the captain and be like i'm going down there to give it to them not you <laughs> didn't make sense that makes sense oh harvey Keitel. but his voice is overdubbed now check out this chick Wait, what really we should listen to that Hey, okay. Flara. Flara Flossett? No, no, it's Flara Flossett. I want to hear Harvey Cartel. Hi. Well, we won't talk for a little while. Sorry. I'll tell All you right. what. Oh, what was that movie? Um, I remember on South Park, they parodied it. There were two oh, spaceships. Good. One was like an all-night party house, and the other one was haunted. <laughs> it was like the Ron Don John and the John Don Ron, something like that. You know, you I was looking that? at the movies he wrote, not the movies he directed. Event Horizon for 1997. Oh, no, I... Event okay. Horizon. It got, so you, listen... It's got to be that, but there wasn't there another one with the Jurassic Park guy was called Event Horizon? It's got to be. that was it. Yeah, it's got to be. It was like, hey, there's a ship out there, and we're getting a distress signal, but it's abandoned, and we go over there, and the demons of hell are showing you your past, Carl. And they're like, what? Oh, no. How'd you know? Okay, now like we'll talk. All right. Uh, why why would they do that is he a robot harvey uh no the reason they did it is because he has a brooklyn accent he has a brooklyn accent and he has a brooklyn accent so boo -hoo. Yeah. well in post-production the director was like this will never work so he gave him like a mid-atlantic accent that was sort of upper class uh that way he could i don't know it just served better the purpose of his film he claimed but but Harvey Keitel, the the actor himself, redubbed himself. No, he refused to. Harvey Keitel really hated the director, and they fought on set. And so when it was in post production, he's like, "Oh hi, hello, Harvey. Tell oh. me, are you free on Friday? No, I'm not. Oh, that Brooklyn accent of yours. Listen, <laughs> would you please come to the studio? No, I will not. Hang up." I'm sorry. I, I, I've, it must be the brawl of your Brooklyn accent, but I, I could mistakenly hear you say, no, I will not. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, it? when it came, um, Sarah Fawcett got $750,000 to do this, and, and Harvey Keitel got ninety. So, like, right away, it's like, what the fuck? 
you know, he's top billing and he's not. He's underneath uh, uh, Kirk Douglas. Yes, he is underneath Kirk Douglas, which often Parafossett will be in this film. <laughs> did, did you get oh, that, good. Sandra? I did. I actually made that joke. I said, not literally, but I think yours is better. Oh, damn. You did? Damn. Yeah, I hear it. You know what I oh, hear stuff sometimes on the, on the broadcast? I know. Sometimes I'm like, God, why did I step on the cross joke? It was really good. <laughs> well, it's really the other way around, like crazy. And I know the audience probably knows what I'm talking about. I'm focusing on telling you bullshit and like you're in the right. middle of and the bar. I'm, I'm trying to riff on what you're saying and not necessarily the movie sometimes. We got to keep going. Take this space pill. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, Farrah Fawcett has never been to Earth. And he's like, child, you don't know what you're missing. Here's a space pill. She goes, what? Space pill? She's all innocent. Okay, there's the cylinder. It's Tell a robot. me about Brooklyn. <laughs> so she's human, right? In this beginning of the movie, Sarah, Farrah Fawcett is not a robot. No, yes. Or is not they, presented as a robot. There are no, the only, there will only be one robot, and it won't be any of our cast members. Oh, I, for this whole time, I thought Farrah Fawcett was the killer robot. Oh, gotcha. No. Like, how, how cool would be that? A sexy killer robot, right? In that <laughs> well, voice? right now, she's a space chick. Space there was chick, some, gotcha. oh, there was that film called Species. And there was, yeah, a right. Natasha Leone. No, not right. Natasha Leone. Natasha, shit, I don't remember. And so she seduced the one guy, and then she goes, I really want to have a baby with you. And he's like, Whoa, honey, hold on now. We're just on first date here. Right. Then she gets pissed off and kills him. I've never seen any of the species movies, species movies. Oh, well, she has to procreate to get, she's a species. She's got to procreate to get it going with the, you know, on oh. Earth and in, in, invade, you know, kind of. So she does a courting ritual with a man, you know, and then when they're alone, I think it was a hot tub involved. They're going to do it. She's like, I want to have a baby. I'm not understanding human culture. Oh, wait, wait, so wait. Like we just saw it. Now, there is a naked scene, and we will not see it. Well, we just saw a naked scene. I just saw her topless. Yeah. Uh -huh. Are you sure? We Did can't you rewind. Or... We can't rewind. We've gone too far. Yeah, I saw a nipple. Michael uh, saw the nipples. Star. Star. Well, I guess I, I don't see how I could have missed that seeing this so many times. But she's, see, she's not oh, naked, see? Not naked. Well, you should be naked in front of your grandfather, Carl. <laughs> oh, and you know it's a grandfather because he's going to take Viagra. See the blue pill? He's <laughs> take the blue pill. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, OG. Now, what happened is we heard the dog. The dog got trapped in the lab again. I'll get him. Right. Okay. Now, the only reason that happens is so later the dog could get killed. Because we're not going to have this dog hanging around with them, being friends. No, not at all. We see the dogs now, and then we see the dog dead. It's like the remnant of the haunted house, right? You have a dog that, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> that's what I say back in Brooklyn. Oh, that's Bronx. <laughs> yeah, right. He was like, hey, get out of here. And then they overdubbed. It's like, young lady. <laughs> Go ahead, turn it on. You'll hear his robot voice. 
That was weird. Just on the gear. He's got a rat tail for, for a minute. Yeah, you see. Look at that rat tail. Behind him is a circle. And this yeah. circle, he will interface with the robot. And the robot won't take years of training to become, it'll just suck it up from yeah. his brain. So, Harvey Keitel's got to have selective thinking, just program the robot. But that doesn't work out. He absolutely does not selectively think. And the robot kind of gets Harvey Keitel's personality without a moral compass. Wait a minute, I'm lost. So the robot's going to take over Harvey Keitel's body? Nope. Harvey Have Keitel's we met the robot good. yet? You know how you program a computer? He will program yeah, sure. it with his real brain. He'll. I go, I, I use basic. I go 10, go to pun, uh, pornhub.com. 20, print. print. Question mark. Yeah, thirty. Go to Ted. <laughs> Ew's. Yeah. Why is he watching? The whole thing is gross. I don't know. Is it so gross? I mean, he's she's reading. He hasn't had the stroke yet. Now we saw him in another movie with Dan Aykroyd. Diamonds. Right. Nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, and he. Had, it was right after Kirk Douglas's stroke. You know, one of my favorite. Bad movies is from nineteen eight mid eighties. It's called Tough Guys, mm -hmm. with Burke Lancaster, Kirk Douglas playing these nineteen forties thirties con men who finally mm -hmm. get out of the clink in the eighties, and everything's changed. Their local bars, a gay bar, that type of thing, and they have <laughs> the parole officer is Dana Carvey. It's a really good movie. I mean, it's by really good. I mean, it's just is it called Tough Guys? Yeah, I it's see on it. every. Did you have cable for the last forty years? You might have seen it. <laughs> okay. Probably I'd just go to the trailer on YouTube and go, oh, yeah, I saw this. Look at them doing the their 1970s style exercise in the year 20, you know, 50. No, I, I like it. How... Yeah, but the... look at the gravity. It's Earth gravity. He's just walking along. It's a movie set, right? I mean, they're at mm -hmm. Pinewood Studios or whatnot. But the stuff they built is all kind of looks practical. I mean, obviously it's not like a greenhouse, but the lights must be blaring at them. Now this took a lot of money to build and the budget was kind of wrecked up the film. Budget was 10 million. The box office was 9 million, but he had pre-sold it to NBC for 4 million. So he did make a profit, but it didn't ever mean to cost over 10 million. What happened is he got a payday instead of getting rich off this film. That's why he's crying. Okay. Um, the director or, or the star? Yeah. Well, no, the, um, the production company Family. is called ITC and it was this locks guy, Lou grade, Lou grade is his name. Okay. He was like the guy who was stood to get pretty rich off this film and instead just got a payday. Um, they were making raise the Titanic at the same time, and that went way ass over budget. So that's it. Lou Grade, after these two films, he really didn't do much else. I believe we did raise the Titanic on this show. <laughs> Either that or it was like two hours and we couldn't do it, but <clears throat> I think it's on there. Oh, look at this. Wait, Talk about we it. didn't do raise the Titanic. You and me, or? Well, I think this, I, I don't know if it was with you, Carl. I don't remember. Oh, okay, okay. But I don't think I, yeah, I think we did do it. Like, I want to hear sex like a, talk. Go ahead. Let's hear oh, sex yeah, talk. Yeah. 
Uh, gross. <laughs> I don't know that. I'm not from Earth. <laughs> I am admiring your pleasure center. Don't call it that. Can't believe you. You get you hire Harvey Keitel because he's Harvey Keitel. No one else has that voice. That's right. Yeah. Well, you know, it wasn't a happy set. You see, this guy named John Barry. He was really a production designer, and he was very famous for doing Star Wars. You know, and. Okay. When he left this film, he went on to do Empire Strikes Back. I mean, uh, George Lucas went out of his way, like, down to a Mexico film set where he was working to, like, hire this guy. Well, anyway, this guy had never directed before. So, I mean, Donnan was being a producer. And he was like, go ahead, you direct it. But he sucked. He sucked. And because oh. he sucked, the actors started taking advantage of that. So Donnan had to come down and say, look... I got to be with you on the set every day to make sure that you're doing this right. And he goes, so that's not going to work. So he got, he quit, but was at the same time fired. He does have a story credit, right? In this yes, movie. He did write yeah. this story. See the brain. Yeah. It's, it's a it's newborn a brain. fresh brain, which will be imprinted, you know, programmed basically by Kaitel's selective thinking. All right, so that brain is the robot. Yes. And they're, the brain just needs a corporal body? I don't know what the word corporal means. No, it needs a – well, yes. It, it will have a machine body. It will be your traditional robot that you okay. think of. Okay, so this makes a little more sense because this movie doesn't make any sense. Look at Farrah Fawcett nipples. Oh, wait, that's Kirk Douglas. Sorry. <laughs> that's his rib cage. Look at Farrah <laughs> Fawcett's nipples. He, no, that's – I Kurt thought Douglas your boobs were just sagging, Michael, uh, Mr. Douglas. He doesn't have six-pack abs, Kirk Douglas. He has, like, a barrel, <laughs> right? He's one of those guys with a barrel. Yeah. Do some old-timey boxing with my little mustache and my weird body. Yeah, right now, we're discussing... Oh, he I was wrong. There's the dog. Right. But this dog was only born in this movie to be killed, I assure you. So wait, what is the does the dog die.com say? It's gotta say the dog dies. Yeah. Um I'll check. It's it's um they were just lamenting the fact that one of them's gonna be retired and replaced by this robot. And she's like, We've gotta stay together, we can get recommissioned or something. You Are see they the go to the space bar? Yeah. Oh yeah, so the robot is building being built. This thing took one million million dollars to build. No, it's, it cost over a little over a million to make. Isn't that stupid? What's with the space pill? Is this like space ecstasy? Okay, so that's the way they're acting. He goes, I am tired. Take me to my quarters. And she's like, have a nice sleep. And he goes, I'll just take a blue and crash. So now, like, that makes me think it's a sleeping pill, right? Yeah. But now they're acting like it's whoopee, but they're really not going to get high. All right, Carl, I have to give you the does the dog not does the dog die dot com okay. tree. Does the cat die? No. Does the dog die? Yes. The animal die? No. Are animal abuse? No. Dog fighting? Is there a dead animal? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's basically it. 
So it, yes, there is a dead animal, and it's really it, gross. Someone, someone stalked. Yes, someone using drugs. Yes, sexually assaulted. Yes, sexually uh, assaulted. No. Yeah, got flagged. Is there eye mutilation? Yes. Is the head gets squashed? Yes. Is wait, wait, wait. Yes. Uh, okay, actually, some of those are uh, some of those are stretches and opinions, but yeah, I guess it's true. I mean, I don't, I don't mean to spoil it, but I mean the thing about this, it goes beyond the dog. So. Oh yeah, no, I mean Harvey Keitel himself is going to. Everybody's good. Not everybody's going to buy it, but yeah. Okay, fair enough. But it's official. The dog does die. According to doesthedogdie.com. Oh, got that that robot blue liquid going up the veins. Yeah, it hits the kneecap. I don't. I am. I now know all the works of Ben Franklin now because the fluids in my abdomen. Right, because you want more knowledge. Up. Oh, he didn't learn that yet. The worst. I guess gravity's upside down here because going up. Yeah. It's alive. A little bit of Frankenstein, right? Space, yeah. space Frankenstein. Right. Um, the director says that it's more like Frankenstein than Alien. Still. Well, that's kind of cool. The space genre being twisted around. So this time it's a Frankenstein story in space. Mm-hmm. That's all my movie pitches were. In space... Back in the day, <laughs> listen. They're they're open micers and they're driving cross country to do in a competition space. in space. Space micers. Listen, space you micers. At, okay, listen. Do you want to do that movie? Because we can do it. But National I mean, Lampoon's open micers. Yeah, we got to write our script. Yeah, but we can't. I I will not go with a story that wraps up with the best thing they could ever do is quit comedy. Okay, we'll have to change the ending. That would be the alternative I mean, ending on the like, DVD. Like you thought that was so funny. He quits comedy and he's a happy life. You see him on social media. He's got a nice car. Everything's good. Come on. Well, then man. at the end, well, how about after the credits end, he goes back to a mic. But you can't have a happy ending for an open micers becoming famous story if it's right. quitting comedy made them so happy. It's just. Okay. All right. All right. So let's change it. So they they win the competition. Yeah. They get second place. And they'll be Chris Rock. Yeah. It ends with them doing a show uh, at Red Rocks. Yeah, like in U uh, two. Yeah, like where Steve, Steve Martin performed the uh, Pink Tutta there on stage. <laughs> okay. Building, so building, building a robot in space. <laughs> So now he's plugging into the back of his head. Direct input. Direct input. Back of Kytel head. Right. Careful of rat tail. Rat tail charging 2%. I hope he doesn't back his butt up and that was their direct input and starts feeding the robot. Harvey Kytel was had a real streak in the 90s, but in the 80s, I'm trying to think what other movies he was in. I didn't really recognize him until well, like the 90s. Well, it was that Harvey Kytel... Um, Mean Streets is his famous one. Yeah, what's the one. director's name? Okay, hold on. I'll just look it up. Scorsese? Yeah, yeah. He's like an Taxi all driver. Scorsese yeah. films. And that sort of made him. 
he was really guess... big in Europe too. Um, yeah, here it is. Known for the morally ambiguous tough guy. Okay. Uh, six of Martin Scorsese's film. Who's knocking at my door? 67. Mean Street 72. Right. Alice doesn't live here anymore. Taxi Driver Last Temptation of Christ in, 80, in 88. Right. In the 80s, I don't see much. In the 90s, I see a lot. Thelma and Luis, The Reservoir Dogs, Bad Lieutenant, Pulp Fiction, From Dust Till Dawn, Holy Smoke, Copland, Youth. Well, no, he, he was in the monkey business too, right? He he had a he had a monkey that uh, would steal people's wallets. He had this routine uh, down in Venice Beach. I don't remember that. <laughs> That's funny though. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. Look oh, at the great. monkey. 